I wonder if we'll be talking about the what if of the Chiefs dynasty. I think that them as the perennial, it goes through Kansas City, that window may be closing. You've heard all these stories before. Arrowhead is made of them. These walls hold over 50 years of doubt. Heartbreak. But all that is history. Chiefs history. Proudly sculpted by legend. We got our people. Let's light the fuse and kick some ass. Loudness. This is as loud as I've heard it here all year, Jim, right now. And making the impossible. If you didn't believe before. You only waited half a century to build this kingdom. And now, with one game left, the Red Kingdom could become a dynasty. Kansas City, with a history and devotion as deep as yours. You can't doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs! You may already be one. the Super Bowl. How about those? That's what I'm talking about, baby. I love, uh, I love my brother, but um, it's going to be an emotional game. That's for sure. Everything's running smoothly. That's right, Chia. It's your KC Moa. Show, baby. What's the word, Kansas City? A happy hump day, baby. To the KC morning hoes on the show today. Mark Dent. He is one of the co-authors of the soon-to-be-released Kingdom Quarterback. This book pretty much chronicles the rise of modern-day Kansas City, but also touches on the history, and all of it is done through a lens of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It is incredible, and full disclosure, it was the honor of a lifetime to actually be included in Kingdom Quarterback. Got a chance to tell a little bit of my family story, a little bit about me, but all that aside, this book is incredible. Again, Kingdom Quarterback, written by Mark Dent and Rustin Dodd, and Mark is on the show. You will hear from him in just a matter of moments. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do, Kansas City. Oh, by the way, the launch party for the book, it is tonight at the Record Bar. I am hosting a little Q&A 
Q&A portion, so join us. 7 o'clock, more on that in a bit. My name is Hartzell. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Absolutely. Just what you do. It's what you do, KC. We'll see ya in the morning. Bye. the first time on your KC Morning Show. He is a journalist and a co-author of the forthcoming Kingdom Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how a once swinging cow town chased the ultimate quarterback, Mark Dent, on your KC Morning Show. My brother, welcome to the show. Hartzell, great to be here. Thank you for having me. So I got to say thank you. It was an honor to be included in the book. I am so excited for people to check this out. You hit me up. I think this was the first of the year. We had met at the KC Tenants Power Rally, gosh, over a year ago, right? And um, you had mentioned this book around the Chiefs and around Mahomes. And then we have our phone call. And we're talking about like the history of my family and J.C. Nichols and so much Kansas City history. My brother, I was confused. So how how (laughs) did we get here? And such a brilliant concept, right? And I said this on Twitter. It is a meticulous masterclass in honestly the history of Kansas City, but through a lens of Patrick Mahomes. And I am just so curious How did y'all come up with this? You and your co-author, Rustin Dodd, how did y'all land on this? Yeah, so about three years ago, we kind of came up with like the germ of the idea. And that was, you know, six months or something after the Chiefs had won the first Super Bowl in 2020. And it just seemed like Mahomes was this transcendent figure that Kansas City had never had in sports. The Royals, of course, had won the World Series not long before. George Brett was a big superstar in the past. You know, the Chiefs had Derek Thomas in the 90s, etc. But someone who is truly this game changer had just come into town. And the Chiefs were starting to be this budding dynasty at the same time that there was a lot going on in the city. When you go back, you know, 10, 15 years, we've seen so many changes in the way that downtown has been revived and a lot of other things happening in the city. And then particularly in 2020, there started to be a lot of kind of social movements that I think Kansas City had not seen in the prior couple of decades anyway, around housing, around Black Lives Matter and things like that. And it just seemed like there was all these events kind of converging together at the same time. And so we wanted to tell the story of Kansas City and do it at this pivotal moment for the city itself and also for the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are in many ways the backbone of Kansas City and have been for many decades. So as you're going back in time, I know so many of us are trying to find our place in history, you know, and sports is a mirror, right, of our collective Mm -hmm. story. As you're digging through the weeds of everything, going through all the news clippings, all that good stuff, is there a moment, before we talk about the present now, is there a moment in the past that is eerily similar or maybe super similar to this place that we are in now? I think so. I think when the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl in 1970, and they were in a Super Bowl in 1966, in in the 1966-67 season, that late 60s, early 70s, 
I would say, eerily similar to what's going on now, where you had this, you know, sporting wise, you have an incredible football team that's really captured the attention of the city. You had superstars back then, like Otis Taylor, like Bobby Bell, like Len Dawson. You had back then, there was a ton of political movements, civil rights movements. There were some big gains made in in the late 60s and in the early 70s, while also setbacks that we look back for the city. That was a time when urban renewal was going on, when you had the South Midtown Freeway, which we now call US 71 Highway now, going through the city. All those plans were kind of happening in, in the late 60s, early 70s. Housing was at stake. Segregation. It just amazes me when you look back at all these different things that were happening in that period. And I think right now we're seeing some of those same things where we have the football team obviously is capturing everybody's attention. But right now we're still having major concerns over housing. We're, we're talking about economic and racial segregation that is still pervasive in the city and how we can fix it. We're at this moment, I think, where it's very important for Kansas City to continue to grow and have like these kind of nicer things and and a nice downtown that that we've gotten over the last 20 years, but also thinking about these other more important concerns, frankly. And, And I think Kansas City is doing that. There's just so much energy happening now, just as there was, I think, 50 years ago. I'm thinking, I guess that would have been what Mayor Wheeler, Charles Wheeler and, you know, urban renewal, obviously Mayor Cleaver, who is now Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver. And, you know, I'm thinking to today and the personalities that you have in the book, you know, from Mayor Quentin Lucas to housing advocates, you know, how did you all go about finding these personalities to help you tell this complete narrative that is Kansas City? Well, it, it, it wasn't easy. And, and we, we talked to uh, a lot of people who we pride in features prominently as maybe we thought we would even. But I think it started out, you know, Quentin Lucas was certainly one of the main people we talked to early on. He's the mayor, obviously. In 2020, he had just been, I guess, mayor for, man, only about a year at that point when we started reporting this. It was just kind of clear that he was thinking about issues, certainly promoting issues, particularly around housing and developing different neighborhoods that have not seen a lot of economic development over the last 20 years. And it wasn't necessarily like a huge change from what Kansas City had seen in its previous mayors, but but it was. It was a little little bit of a change. And so we thought he was a really interesting person there to feature. We started talking to more people, like I'll, I'll just name drop, like Kemet Coleman, who uh, who does the audio version of this book, which is awesome. You know, I, I talked to him a couple of times just to get a lot of good background about like, hey, who are some, you know, people we really should be talking to? You know, Jason Kander was a person we met pretty early who also kind of really helped provide some good context and I think direction to where we really wanted to look. Because, uh, you know, when we set off writing this book, I, I think that we thought there was going to be a little bit more about like, hey, Kansas City has achieved this comeback, but it really hasn't. It's still chasing it, you know, which is why we put that in the subtitle. And we really thought that that was particularly obvious when it came to like housing, you know, the KC tenants, there's a lot of other nonprofits, some of which are just come out in the last few years, some are a little bit older, who are really, I think, kind of changing things. And and it was obvious that that started happening around 2019. 2020 especially. And so we wanted to get that in the book too. From there, you just start talking to people and you listen to their stories and you let that guide you to where the book is. And and I, I think three years ago, we knew we wanted to tell a book about the history of Kansas City and, and mix it with football and everything and, and Mahomes. But it definitely took a direction we didn't necessarily expect because we found a lot of great people to talk to who guided us this way. 
Well, you touched on those social movements of both the past and the social movements that we're living in right now. And even Patrick Mahomes, you know, his insertion into that bigger narrative. And I'm thinking this is, you know, fairly recent in the big scheme of things. We went from I'm not black, I'm just OJ and Tiger Woods, who was very reluctant to even go to Jackie Robinson's anniversary in the late 90s, you know, when he broke the color barrier. And now you've got athletes from the NBA to the WNBA, especially in the women's national team on the soccer side. Patrick Mahomes wore a Black Lives Matter shirt during the height of the murder of George Floyd. That is something from any major personality in Kansas City that I've never seen before. And one of the questions I remember you asking me, if you don't mind me sharing, sure. was what else can he do? And I remember even telling you, I don't want to feel like I'm shitting on the man because I don't think we've had someone that's ever done this before, but also the pure opportunity of it all because he is the magnitude of Mahomes. So I guess my question is my very long <laughs> and roundabout <laughs> question. That evolution of championing social causes and being a leader in those movements in Kansas City from a sports perspective, explain that to us. Can you break that down? Even like those early Chiefs teams. Exactly. I think what Mahomes is doing, um, you know, as you mentioned, he, he was pretty vocal in, in that summer of 2020. Not the driving force, but he was in this video of a bunch of NFL superstars. And in that video, Mahomes said Black Lives Matter. And that led Roger Goodell uh, to, to basically taking an entire 180 degree turn to where <laughs> right. they basically kicked out, you know, Colin Kaepernick, blacklisted him rather. And now it's like, OK, fine, you guys can do whatever you want. It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered. How many times do we need to ask you? To listen to your plans. What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? 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 I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Arbery. I am Eric Garner. I am I am Tamir Rice. I am Trayvon Martin. I am Walter Scott. I am Michael Brown. I am Samuel Du Bois. I am Frank Smart. I'm Philip White. I am Jordan Baker. We will not be silenced. We assert our right to peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, we the National, National Football League, League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Black lives matter. He also, that same summer, he helped get some funding for Martin Luther King Square Park on the east side. And that was something that, like, you know, that made residents really happy. You know, they were glad to see Mahomes kind of inserting himself into, A, that uh, Black Lives Matter kind of movement, as well as more of a lower key, but, you know, very important thing to do to help really revitalize a park that had, like many on the east side, had fallen into disrepair. It's a revitalization of this movement because in the 1960s, as we write about in the book, there were a lot of Chiefs players, part of the civil rights movement and part of the different movements that were going on here in Kansas City, especially Curtis McClinton. Curtis McClinton was a running back. I believe he scored the first Chiefs touchdown, if you count their exhibition game, 
when the franchise moved here to Kansas City, he scored the first touchdown. So at that time, when he first moved here to Kansas City, he couldn't find an apartment because of the segregation. Where there were nicer apartments that he wanted to live in, that was for white people only. And so Curtis McClinton had to live in this basement apartment that was just in in horrible shape. I think the reports from back then say that it was like $7 a month. So just not a place where he wanted to live. And so he ended up really being this figure who helped fight for housing rights in Kansas City. He, he would give speeches and say how, like, we need to make sure that black Kansas Cityans can live where they want to live. That was in the mid-1960s. And in 1967, Kansas City passed its local Fair Housing Act. McClinton was one of many activists who helped push that through. And he also started this chapter of the Black Economic Union in Kansas City, which is affiliated with Jim Brown to help promote entrepreneurship in the black community. And, uh, you know, there were other Chiefs players who kind of maybe not quite as obviously as McClinton, who were also involved in these things. You know, Bobby Bell, who's in the Hall of Fame, he tried to live in Johnson County and he told me like he was literally turned down. I, I think he said hundreds of times. He could not get a loan, either that or like, you know, the seller would pull out or, or something. And when he was just trying to live in like Prairie Village or Overland Park, and it took forever. I mean, I think it was four or five years before he finally got a house. He moved in in the face of opposition. And then some other players followed him out there, some other black Chiefs players. They were some of the first black residents in the Johnson County suburbs. So let's talk about this, my friend. Let's talk about the Kingdom quarterback launch party taking place over at the Record Bar, co-hosted by the KC Beacon. Taking place today at the Record Bar, 7 o'clock, 15, 20 grand is the address. They got food, a Q&A, live reading. We got music from Kevin Morby, who's excellent. I'm going to be there. Let's break it down. Mark, tell us about the event going to be just a fun party we're going to have kevin do an acoustic set short acoustic set rustin and i my co-author are going to be probably just talking for a few minutes but you know it'll be a good time to just have some drinks if you want socialize and just kind of celebrate we're really excited about this book really meant a lot for us to be able to report it and kind of tell the story of kansas city and especially so many great dynamic kansas cityans who we got to talk to at this particular moment And again, the book comes out on August 22nd. You talk to so many people for the book. So much of Kansas City, we love being told that we're pretty. You know, we are those folks who, when we see somebody wearing a KC shirt on TV, you know, we point at the screen. That is us. I feel like so much of the city sees itself in the Chiefs, and especially in this moment, because we are still here and having lived through the Panini, to still be here is everything. And it does feel like we have even doubled down, if that's possible, to double down more on this identity of Kansas City, which is all intertwined with the the Chiefs and Mahomes, that feeling on the ground, I guess that sense of pride from the everyday Kansas City. And could you feel that as you were talking to different folks? Oh, absolutely. Like, I I think you're right that it has just been kind of magnified. I think when people were a little bit less excited about Kansas City or the sports teams, they still had this like, you know, deep appreciation for Kansas City. And like you said, kind of just wanted to be recognized so everyone can know how great Kansas City is. But man, you just see it so much more magnified now with different t-shirts. The amount of t-shirt companies that exist in Kansas City to make Kansas City t-shirts is just, there are so many. And I I think that's so amazing. And just whenever I'd go and, you know, I'd be interviewing people around town, it, it didn't really matter. Like, you know, 
what part of Kansas City it was in and, and even in the suburbs. Just so many Chiefs flags. And I feel like those are definitely on the rise. They've always been there, but just even more of it. There's just like a little bit of extra excitement, I think, going on. You know, I grew up in like the 90s mainly. And that was just the time, you know, the Royals were literally felt like they were never going to make the playoffs in your lifetime. And the Chiefs would just disappoint you every year, even though they'd be pretty good. And and it just kind of you got this vibe of like, well, things aren't going to turn out for us, which sounds like a little maybe a little dramatic. But now I feel like it's the opposite. and, And that's a good thing. We'll wrap with this, my friend. I don't want to give away anything from the book because I want folks to check it out. But the way you ended it, I know it's nonfiction, but I'm ready for the sequel, you know, and it's very much the vibe of Kansas City, here we come. So, Mark, what does the future look like in Kansas City? There's so many different ways I, I think it could go. But, you know, I really do think, especially with the way that housing activist groups have gotten so much more stronger and so much more influential here in the city. I do think we are headed for more affordable housing coming along. And we've already seen some of the like suburbs diversify. And of course, Truist Avenue has had some resurgence. I think we're going to continue to see that, but with more of an emphasis on making sure that it's better for everybody. And, you know, maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but I do feel good that the city is going in that direction. And then in terms of football, it's just going to get better. I think Mahomes can lead the Chiefs to a couple more anyway. And I know some people think it could be like five or six more. Definitely think he's capable of doing a couple more. And I mean, the World Cup coming in 2026, that could really put Kansas City on the map in a way it hasn't before either. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, we had that preseason game and how many different ads do we see? You know, Kansas City, the Chiefs brand is now global. Y'all's book is very much a part of that fork in the road. You know, it outlines how we got here and now we got to choose our lane. Absolutely. That's the thing. It would be so awesome to like know how all this is going to play out during like these pivotal moments. So, I mean, maybe if this book is successful enough in like five or 10 years, we can do a sequel. And especially if there's big changes in Kansas City, too. Absolutely. Mark Dent, one of the co-authors alongside Rustin Dodd. The book is called Kingdom Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how a once-swinging cow town chased the ultimate quarterback. The launch party's happening tonight, 7 o'clock at the Record Bar. Come kick it. I will be there. We kicking it with Kingdom Quarterbacks. And I tell you what, you're no QB 15, Mark, but you're pretty good. I appreciate that. Nobody's QB 15, so thank you so much for having me. Headbands and leather. The Reaper's ready to devour. Gotta have the fun tonight. All the records they can hold. Fight the dead, playing in the backyard with all the kids, and they can't get them on the ground. Start to explode. Stop it. Get your front row ticket. It's showtime. i
Spinning, turning, looking. 